Hello. Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers and I'm Mark, your podcast host. I'm here with Gracie, my orange co-host who's sitting here waiting to chime in at any moment. Right, Gracie? All right. So we are here uh, on an irregular basis to bring you all the latest trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a lot of dumb, stupid, idiot people on this planet that are dumb and idiot morons, and we have to provide them with dry cheese sandwiches or in some other way support them because they're stupid. And so that wastes all of our money, money that could be used to get us to Mars. Today is another unabridged program, so we are bringing you that segment. Now, this is the podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to to figure out what they are going to talk about. Someday this podcast will be in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, but for now, it just goes out to you. Be sure to spread the word about it. Now, I can talk about more in the podcast than we do on the famous Trucking Answers YouTube channel, and uh, because of censors and people that get butthurt all the time on the internet and say, oh, let's just take this person off of here because I'm offended and I have to go in a safe space. So we get to talk about more things here than we do there because I own this podcast. So out we go with some things that I saw in the news today before we get to trucking, although one of these is trucking related. And it just this kind of stuff just bothers me. It bothers me a lot. And so I get to talk about it here. And uh, so uh, there you go. So relax. Make sure you got your seatbelt on and put it in the big hole. And uh, let's go. Or in D for uh, all new trucks out there. And uh, the big hole could be 10, 13, 18, who knows, 9. Remember those? 9 speeds? Remember that? Oh, those are the days. You had a 9 speed? Super good. Who had 5 speed? All right. Okay. But anyways. But I see. And I go off on a lot of tangents here if you're new to the podcast. So. I may be talking about one thing, and then in a couple seconds, I'm way off somewhere else, and then I'm back, and then I'm over here, and I'm over there, so here you go, and I'm just a driver like everybody else for new people, right? I drive a truck. I've been driving 34 years, uh, so been all over the place, and uh, I'm a driver just like that, so here we go. So in the news today, there was a young lady. We'll say she's, I don't know, 18, 20. That's what it looked like today. And I saw it on the news, although she had a TikTok video. That's what made the news, of course, because everybody has to post everything on TikTok. And what she said, and uh, here we go. First, I also want to say, as another tangent, I'm not a lawyer. All right. So nothing that I say here should be construed as legal advice. And if you want legal advice, please seek out an attorney, a licensed attorney of your choice. All right. And get a legal opinion on things before you do things. I am just giving you my opinion, not a legal opinion or opinion. So she posts this video. She works at Popeye's and I don't remember where it was, Texas. Okay. If I remember right, but who knows when you extreme upper thirties, you forget stuff. But we're going to say Texas, and she was bemoaning the fact that she was making $9 an hour when, in fact, they told her she would make $10 an hour. Now, I'll tell you what. When you first check, which you should look at every check you get at every company, I don't care how honest they are. I don't care if they're run by the Pope. It doesn't matter to me. Always watch your check. That's your money. Always look at your check, right? So uh, there you go. And she got 9 instead of 10 and so she went on TikTok to complain about it and say, I can't live on this kind of money. This ain't no money. And that's a direct quote. And so Popeye's fired her. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just talking about what I make or whatever. What she should have done right away when you're only making nine and they said 10 is march in the office and talk to the manager, whoever's there and go, hey, you said 10. I got nine. What are we doing here? And what they would probably say is, oh, well, we start everybody at nine or whatever and i'd be like you told me 10 that's what she should say and i either get 10 or i hit the road okay that's what she should have said but instead she went crying on tiktok about it now here's the thing you can always according to the fair labor standards act of 1938 you can talk to co-workers about any working conditions benefits or pay anytime you want co-workers all right and so and i know a lot of companies put this in their driver manual for truck drivers and really across all industries oh do you can't discuss your pay with anybody that's completely illegal all right that is not true 
read through the Fair Labor Standards Act. There, by the way, this has gone to the Supreme Court twice already, and both times affirmed. Last time, 9-0. All right, you absolutely can talk to your coworkers about your pay, their pay, working conditions, benefits, safety, anything like that that has to do with work. Coworkers. She posted on TikTok, which has more than her coworkers. And by the way, the last Supreme Court ruling was about people posting on the Internet. And the Supreme Court said that you can post on a private Facebook page where it is just your coworkers. But if you make it public, then that's another story. It's not protected. When you talk to your coworkers about your pay, working conditions, that that is considered protected speech by the court system. So uh, see my reference to not being a lawyer. Okay, so but that is protected and they can't do anything about it. But when you post something publicly, they can fire you. And she's like, that's okay because I can't live on this anyways. Well, look, was nine to ten dollars an hour that one dollar an hour? Was that the difference in you living or not living? Um, that's the problem. Right? Why are you, if you're griping about that, why don't you just better yourself? Truck school's three weeks. I'm sure there's truck schools in Texas that you could go to. What is that place? Oh, Raider. If you went to Raider as a Texas resident, they don't charge you anything. All right, Raider trucking. So uh, well, they go by like 51 miles an hour if you've ever seen their trucks rolling down the road. But either way, that's a way to get through their free, right? No charge. Texas residents only can call Raider. Uh, Raider Express, I think it's called, right? So uh, that's one way to do it in texas but what i'm suggesting is when you post things on the internet like on tiktok or really any internet based thing when you're going to call your company out they might fire you <laughs> all right people say mark why don't you say where you work well because of that kind of thing all right so they could fire you just posting things they can fire you i'm always a little leery of people who really start posting their company out there because, you know, you can't really give an honest review of the company you currently work for, especially if you have a gripe about them because they might fire you about it. Right? And I would say everybody probably has one gripe about where they worked. You know, no company is perfect. Of course, we would make the perfect company for us, but then you might not make money or whatever. And like I'd have all 13 speeds, but I wouldn't be able to get drivers because half the drivers can't drive them. So that's another story. But when she calls them out on TikTok yeah, and gets fired, yeah, it's a legit firing, okay, because they don't need a reason to fire you. They just can't fire you for the wrong reason. And one wrong reason is you're discussing your pay with your coworkers. They cannot fire you for that, all right? And then people will say, well, they'll find a reason to fire you. That might be true, but don't ever be afraid to discuss your pay and stuff with coworkers. Stand up for yourself. You know, that's, that's really what this comes down to for her and for our next story here, which is, you know, Rather than just calling them out, go walk in the office and say, hey, you said with your payroll, right? right? Hey, here's my pay check here. You said 10, I got nine. Where's my money? I want my money like Stewie, right? Where's my money, man? You had to tell him, hey, you got 24 hours to give me my money or or else. They're like, what? What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm not psychic. I ain't psychic, man. I don't know. Just, hey, just have the money. You know, that kind of thing. Look. Get your money. If they promise you something and they don't give it to you, quit. So if they, if you walk in there and they go, oh, well, we're paying nine. You know, I don't know who sold you. Well, I'm not working for that. I agreed to 10. So if it's not 10, I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, it's not what is there not like some other fast food job you can get. And I'll tell you around here, the lowest I've seen now is 1350 for fast food restaurants. And I'd probably say McDonald's here, which is paying 15 at the several McDonald's in the area. That's $600 a week for 40 hours. Oh, but Mark, uh, they don't give you 40 hours. Well, then get two jobs. Okay, genius, go get two jobs and make your $600. There are apartments here in Lafayette you can get for 500 for a one bedroom, uh, starting at 500. So that's two grand. You'd make, you know, $2,400 a month, probably take $2,000, home in a month. You can easily afford a $500 apartment. Heck, that even makes Dave Ramsey's 25% rule for rent or mortgage. No problem. You can live on that as a single person, which if you're 18 to 20 and you're only working fast food, you should only be a single person. You shouldn't be dating anybody. You shouldn't have 40 kids running around or any of that other kind of garbage, right? Am I right? Am I, can, can I get an amen? Okay. Amen again. All right. Exactly. Exactly exactly keep it all uh you know where it belongs so uh, our next uh the, the, which goes right along with this this next one i was reading about a fedex driver okay a semi-driver and he was he said that he was 
this was in the news too, not just in the regular news, not in the uh, trucking news because they were talking about Amazon. So he was subware and an Amazon driver came in there as well, which probably happens. And the Amazon driver, I guess, was trying to bum a few dollars off of him for an iced tea. I assume one of those large iced teas out of the vending machine or something because the guy said he didn't have any money. And he commuted a long way to work and all his money was going for gas. Well, there's two different things there. Number one, if you commute so far that you can't afford to live because you got to pay too much gas money, you should quit and go work somewhere close to your house. Or stop living in East Armpit or BFE, uh, you know what I'm saying? Move closer to work or work somewhere closer to your house. That's one thing. Or get a small car. Stop commuting in an F-350 Dually. All right? There's no need for that. But uh, regardless of that, regardless of that, the Amazon warehouse by me, which is in Lebanon, Indiana, about 30 miles south of me here, runs ads all the time for truck drivers. So I know what they pay there. They are home every day, and they pay $22 an hour with no overtime. All right. That's what they're paying there. And there's no way on this earth or in Mars or any other flat planet that I would be working for Amazon for 22 and no OT. That ain't happening. And so likely around the country, they don't pay that much. And remember, when you work, when you drive for Amazon, you are not driving for Amazon. You're driving for an Amazon partner. That's how Amazon sets it up. So what they do is they have all these routes. And so people get the routes and they hire people. So really, even though it says Amazon on the truck, it's in Amazon Colors, you work for, you know, Joe Schmo Trucking LLC, who is then leased onto Amazon. And Amazon pays them a rate for the routes and then they pay their drivers or whatever that's how it works nationwide for amazon you're not really working for amazon even though you're driving for them you're like almost like a third-party contractor for them which you actually are a third-party contractor and that way amazon if they have a problem with a route what they do like say they don't need a route anymore they just say to joe schmo eight six nine four seven one six three llc hey we don't need that route anymore so we don't need you to run that route and since that person is an llc leased to them they just don't give them any more business <laughs> and they haven't laid you off amazon so amazon doesn't need to give you any unemployment all right so that's how it works and some of the amazons not the ones here that i've seen but some of them actually make the drivers 10.99 which is even worse but the one here, at least at least in their ads, you're an employee. But it only pays $22 an hour and no overtime. So forget that kind of thing. You can get that with Uber running your own car and setting your own hours. You don't have to come in and work 50 to 60 hours a week, which is what the ad says, and not get any overtime. So you're making, what, $1,100, $1,200 for 60 hours to $1,300. No way. That's a $2,000 week is what that should pay or more to be home every day and run 60 hours a week which you can easily get lebanon is only 15 minutes north of indianapolis you can go to indianapolis and get 30 35 dollars an hour plus overtime tons of ads for it so why people work there is beyond me same with this guy now what the fedex guy said is that he'd been at fedex for a year and a half and the amazon guy said he had been at amazon longer than him all right, now Amazon here requires one year of driving experience. And so let's say he's been at Amazon two years. Then he also has at least one year of driving experience, giving him three years in the trucking industry. That should be plenty of long to figure out that you're an idiot for taking a job at $22 an hour and no overtime. When you have three years of driving experience and, uh, you know, are living in a place where the U and FedEx are delivering. So there's got to be jobs in the area. You don't have to accept that. But here's this guy. Look, before I bum an iced tea off of somebody, I'll go get another job. I mean, how embarrassing is that to have to ask a FedEx driver, hey, can you uh, can you give me some money so I can get a, you know, take the ST plunge? But that is a nationwide thing. And that's what the article was talking about, that Amazon is, you know, taking heat for not paying people that much money. Well, and what they would say probably to Amazon, even though I don't speak for them, is, well, look, we're not paying them anything. We just hired this company. And what that company pays them is up to that company. Go talk to that company. 
And that's how they like to do it. And that way they keep a hands-off approach on it. But you shouldn't accept a job, certainly hourly, that doesn't pay overtime. And you certainly shouldn't accept a job that's only paying a little slightly more than fast food. And if you are working somewhere so far, like this guy said, oh, I have to put all my money into gas, well, change jobs. All right, how much a week are you spending in gas? $100, $200 a week? Could you spend 200 a week in gas? I guess. I could round trip Indianapolis uh, from here, you know, 600 miles for probably 80 bucks, 85 bucks here. Gas is five bucks. So Sonic would charge me around 80, 85 dollars to go all the way to Indianapolis and back every day, five days a week. So what are you driving where you have to spend that much in gas? You know, so people never think about this kind of stuff. And you should. When you're buying a vehicle just to commute in, why is it not small? Why do you not have a small? I've always run a small car to commute in. I had a, I have four Escorts. I've commuted in those. Four-speed Escort. Did have a Fairmont, but that had a 250 straight six in it. Uh, let's see. I had a Focus. Five-speed to commute in. I mean, I've had an Omni. <laughs> well, Horizon, right? Which had the Volkswagen 1.7 engine in it and a five-speed. I've generally run small cars for commuting. Because gas, why spend more in gas than I need to? I don't need to commute in some gigantic vehicle. And what I'm saying for this guy, well, people are going to say, well, Mark, I can afford gas and I commute in the you know, suburban or whatever. Fine, if you can afford it, no problem. It is a waste of extra gas and money that could be in your pocket doing other things. But this guy said he couldn't afford it. And that's what I'm suggesting is that if gas is so much for you, depending where you live, and how far you have to go that the job may not be the job for you. I would, I'm not going to put all my money in gas and then have to bum an iced tea off a FedEx driver and think, well, but at least I can spend $200 in gas this week. That is the real problem. And so what I don't understand is why people don't stand up for themselves. And I get this a lot in emails very regularly. You know, I'm not making money. What should I do? Well, you should quit. I mean, if you're somewhere, which believe me, I get this letters all the time where you're making $600 a week and you're gone the entire week. And yes, I get tons of those kind of letters, many, many letters where it's under a thousand gross for the week for being gone all seven days. What should I do? You should leave immediately. You need to look for a job and go take another job. Because there are plenty of jobs, local and road and everywhere in between, that's going to pay you more than $1,000 a week, especially if you're gone from your house where you have to eat roller wieners every day. They're expensive. You have to eat on the road and laundry and everything else becomes expensive. So working for that kind of money, no way. No way. That's what you should do is leave. And this woman and from this TikTok video who did not say anything to her boss and this guy at Amazon they don't have a backbone, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. Life's short, and you should be in it for you. So go walk in the office like you own the place and say, hey, you don't pay me enough. This is it. And, of course, if the job's $22 an hour and you know that up front, why are you taking it? Because you know where you live, you know where the job is, and hopefully you know what it pays that you didn't accept a job without sight unseen kind of without knowing what it pays so why aren't you going ahead and deciding that right up front you're like oh well, i have to go this many miles nobody even thinks about that i mean i think about that constantly constantly before i changed to where i'm working now it's like i figured out the miles i mapped it out i thought how much is gas of course gas was much less than i was being the first time it was 32 dollars for the week now i'm up to 42 dollars a week in gas but that's still not bad considering i'm up uh see, i keep track of this 571 dollars a week a week average a week and so that's considerable money. That's almost $30,000 a year raise. So that's worth spending, you know, $2,000 of that on gas. That's worth it. But if somebody said, look, Mark, why don't you travel 100 miles one way each day, you know, round trip 200 miles a day, and we're going to pay you $22 an hour with no overtime, I'd be like, um, oh, let's see. How about no to that? You know, how about that's a big fat no? 
that's why people need to take charge of themselves. Imagine, imagine where people would be in every industry, much less trucking, if they would take charge of themselves. Like this woman, rather than going griping on TikTok, I can't believe this is all the money I get at Popeyes. Well, how about freaking leave Popeyes and go work somewhere else? How about leave Amazon and go work somewhere where you can buy an iced tea for yourself? That sounds like a great idea. A lot of this, I think, stems from people letting their kids live in their basements till they're 30 freaking years old. You know, that wouldn't happen here. That is not allowed. That would not be allowed in my house. You're welcome to come and visit and have dinner anytime you want. But you can't live here. Okay, simple as that. Adults. You're adults. You got to live on your own. And uh, that was pretty made pretty clear to me, too. You know, from even being young, that you know, when you turn become an adult, you're going to become an adult. You're going to live on your own. You're going to support yourself. And that was just how it was. And so there wasn't any, oh, I think I'll live here. I'll be on my parents' insurance forever. No, it wasn't any of that. And I don't, I don't even understand, honestly, today, why parents allow it. You know, I don't get why parents allow it. Was that allowed for you? Could you stay at home until you're 30 years old? All right. If you're like 40 years old right now, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, your parents would be like, what are you doing here? Go go do something. You're such a loser living in the basement is what they'd be saying. So, you know, if you're on your parents' insurance or whatever, it's ridiculous. Go go become an adult. And this woman in TikTok has probably been, uh, you know, n- not had to be exposed to standing up to somebody. Go up there and tell your boss off and say, hey, pay me or I'm leaving. I'm le- and even when you do pay me, I'm going to be watching you like a hawk because you already lied to me one time. Trucking, it's not like trucking companies don't lie. They all lie. That's why you got to get all this stuff in writing. But Amazon, it's pretty clear. It's $22 an hour plus no, plus no overtime. That's clear. So why people are taking that job is just beyond me. Can you imagine going from where, if you're listening to this podcast, which obviously if you're not listening to the podcast, you don't know what I'm saying because you're not listening to it. So can you imagine going from whatever you're making now to $22 an hour and no overtime? Who does that? Who, who does that? At, well, at some point, you're closing in on McDonald's pay because uh, they at least pay you overtime. That kind of thing. It's it's an industry problem, but it only happens because drivers go work there and then bump iced teas. Stop working there and they will have to pay overtime. When you call a place, if you're we're looking for a local job, one of the first things you should ask them, which I would ask them, is, hey, do you pay overtime? If they say no, you'd say, well, we're done. Conversation over. I'm not even going to consider it because you don't pay overtime period you need to pay overtime you know unless they're running 70 dollars an hour or something we're not we're not even going to hear about it overtime or no thank you there's a video that's going to be coming out today concurrent how about that kind of word concurrent with this podcast uh we're going to talk about Frey miller Frey miller was bought up by a, uh, a private equity firm if you haven't heard about it maybe you only listen to the podcast so uh there's also a video though on the youtube trucking answer channel they're bought by Angelus Equity Partners, LLC. All right, and we all know how it goes with trucking companies when they're bought out by a private equity firm. Pretty good? Oh, uh, yeah, not normally. Now, maybe this will be the greatest thing ever. Everybody gets a huge raise and loves the place, and they all hug and sing Kumbaya every time you come in there. But uh, what really will <laughs> happen is they'll drain the place dry and suck all the money out of it and spit them out like uh, yesterday's tomatoes. All right. So I looked up what Angelus Equity Partners owns besides Framiller, and turns out their website is very convenient, and they have a portfolio, uh, all their portfolio listed there. So let's go through that right now. They own Agile, which is an occupational medicine place. They do occupational medicine, drug testing, stuff like that. Um, What's next? Applied acoustics. This does noise, vibration, and harshness in the automotive industry. All the pads and and padding and stuff that goes into a car that makes it quiet when you drive down the road. That's what this is. They own Crenlo, which is a heavy equipment cabs, which I don't exactly know what that means. I picture these gigantic dump trucks that go around like gravel quarries, like the one on the on the Tri-State Toll Road there in Illinois and uh, any other of these ones. And I assume it's the cab that goes in that because that's kind of how it was listed there. ERP power is LED lights for commercial applications. So that could theoretically be the brake lights on semis. I don't know. Backup lights, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking. They own Mini, which is a uh, not the car, but a, a specialty pharmacy that does 
uh, diabetic supplies and, uh, you know, all these kind of specialty supplies. It also lists general pharmacy in there, but I don't know about that, you know, because uh, I don't know how much of that they do. It does list that, though. Let's see. Oh, Primus Aerospace. I love this one. They also own Primus Aerospace. <laughs> they do. They do hypersonic and heavy launch defense rockets. <laughs> All right. Nice. So so you get your uh, hypersonic rocket launchers uh, launches and also a trucking company, Freymiller. I don't know. Maybe Freymiller will start hauling heavy launch defense rockets. Uh, maybe that's going to be like a division of them, a Department of Defense division. They own Robex, which sounds like roadblocks, but it's Robex. It's uh, uh, they do robotics automation services and uh, automated robots. So, what I assume that kind of thing is is robots that run around like Subaru here, the SIA plant in Lafayette, and all these other big warehouses where you see robots running around. It should have something to do with that. That's what I assume. And the last thing they own is Xanatos, which is not Xanadu, starring Olivia Newton-John, but Xanados which does hospital housekeeping, acute care housekeeping, and uh, that kind of thing. So, you know, hospital and janitorial services in the healthcare uh, sector, I guess. Oh, also Freymiller. <laughs> this is what private equity partners do. They own all these different kinds of things that are sort of related, I guess, because after your, <laughs> after your house is bombed by a hypersonic defense rocket, you're going to need to go to... Uh, you're going to have specialty pharmacy needs, go to occup <laughs> occupational medicine, and then have Xanatos, Xanatos clean up your hospital room. So <laughs> I guess I guess all these go together. And the ambulance will be quieter because they used applied acoustics and had noise, vibration, and harshness reduced in the ambulance that they take at the hospital and after they bomb your house with a heavy launch defense rocket. That's hypersonic. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's going to be going to be a youtube video that uh talks about that as well today but i wanted to get that out there here because i know not everybody cross you know cross pollinates both of these kind of things and that is interesting because there's been a lot of purchases here recently in the trucking industry some by other trucking companies but here this is bought by a private equity firm so uh let's uh let's keep our eye on how it works with the private equity going along in the trucking sector so the feds approved Einride, E-I-N-R-I-D-E, Einride. It's a Swedish firm. It is a driverless semi pod, as they called it. But the difference between this and all these other ones is this one, there's no place for a driver. There's no controls. There's no cab. There's nothing. It's the truck, and it pulls vehicles, and they're going to start testing it in Memphis. Let's see, what did it say here? When are they going to start this? At the GE plant, oh, late summer, 2022. All right, so soon, because it's, it's summer already in 2022, depending when you're listening to this. And so, and they're going to run it on public roads for, they're going to support their GE appliances that the Hayer, H-A-I-E-R company, they, I've seen them making air conditioners and stuff, uh, because GE brings good things to life, and they will do, uh, they're going to run this thing on the road, and it's going to run trucks around, trailers around. They're going to use it in mixed traffic on public roads, all right? Here's the thing. Here's how it works. The truck is driven by a remote control operator. They call it a remote pod operator, RPO. And they are considered a pilot, which I love, right? And I actually don't know if you need a CDL to drive it. I think so. But ironically, you're not driving the truck. You know what? That's a very good question that I just asked myself. Thank you, self, for that question. I don't know if you need a CDL because you're not really driving the truck. The truck's on the road, but you aren't. Boy, that is a great question. I wonder how that is going to work. And who gets in trouble if there's an accident? Is it the driver? Is he really legally driving the truck? I mean, these are a lot of questions that we need to go through with this kind of thing. And how they've shown this in uh, videos and stuff where they're talking about it is the driver will be sitting in a room front of a screen and he has the controls of a semi kind of like a simulator right in front of him and the screen comes up but he'll have several screens that's what they show and if the truck needs the driver to intervene in something it will uh, alert him all right but he will drive the truck remotely and so here's the thing think about this now the internet is much better than it used to be all right. For those of you that remember the early 90s Internet, very spotty. All right. To say the least, it's much improved. 
it, it works on much of the road system. But if there is a glitch or a problem and this guy's view is delayed at all, even a couple of seconds delay of what is actually happening. And I said, guy, I know I'm going to get emails. Mark, women could do this job too. I know that. All right, ladies, I know you can. I'm just saying that you're welcome to come and drive if you want to. All right. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. All right. Because if you don't dance, well, then they don't dance, right? And they're no friends of mine. Let's just be honest about it. But uh, what if your view of it is delayed by just a few seconds, by one second? That, can, that second can be the difference between missing a vehicle and killing everybody in the vehicle. And if the internet glitches out, what does this thing do? Does it just hit its brakes and stop in the road? You know, I think there's a lot of questions I would want answered. I, look, I don't think that we're ready yet for autonomous vehicles or vehicles that are controlled remotely, which is probably even worse. You know, uh, the human to start with, they said, is going to be operating the vehicle remotely at all times. It's autonomous, but the human is going to be working it remotely. But eventually they want the thing to run itself. But you know, so remotely, it's got to be connected to the Internet. And remember this, anything connected to the Internet can be hacked. We saw that with Jeep, right? The couple guys hacked to do a Jeep. You can hack a Tesla. They showed that. So there are ways to do this kind of stuff. Hey, they tell you what, wrap your remote. This was just in the news, what, a couple weeks ago. Wrap your key. If you have a push button starting your car, which a lot of cars do now, to be sure to wrap your key in aluminum foil because that it, they can people can steal the thing when it's trying to connect to the car and getting your car later. So, so I don't think we're there yet on autonomous vehicles or even vehicles that are removed, worked remotely. It's called an autonomous electric transport vehicle, and it's going to be electric, right? But that's any problem. It's not going far, and it'll plug right, it'll plug right in there. So that isn't a big deal. But the real thing, it sure it looks weird, but. I wonder how many people know there's no one on board. I guess you can look at it and see there's no window in it. So that might be, it kind of looks like a thing that you'd see in a Mad Max movie. Imagine a cab of a truck, but completely no windows or anything, just some lights and like a hole for the camera and cameras pointing back and stuff. Look, it's weird. It's a remote pod operator. It is going to be the future of trucking. I don't recommend it yet, though. I just don't recommend it yet because of the technology of the Internet. You know, there's sometimes your phone glitches out or whatever for a second or two. That can be the difference between this thing running somebody over and this thing not running somebody over. I'm not a huge fan of it yet. Now, the Toyota BZ4X, have you heard of it? It's a new electric vehicle from Toyota because Toyota bent over and took it off the wazoo from the public because they've been griping at Toyota to make electric vehicles, even though hardly anybody buys electric vehicles, which is somewhat ironic. They are like 0.04% of the market. So, but uh, some environmentalists are like, oh, Toyota, you need to make an electric vehicle because, and what are they saying right now, by the way, at least in the Midwest here, hey, turn your air conditioning down to save electricity because we don't know if we have enough power for everybody's electric needs. Awesome. They're telling you to turn your air to 82 at night when you're sleeping at 78 during the day. I don't think so. All right. So I bet they want everybody to have an electric car. All right. Okay. That's great. Remember that. Remember that. So uh, remember the storage of um, like a P100, a Tesla P100 is three days of the average electric home use just to run the car. Okay. So that battery holds three days of use for an entire home. All right, so, but beside that, the BZ4X is Toyota's new electric car. It's been sold in the United States for two months. All right, they've sold not that many, a couple of hundred of them. By the way, they're all being recalled. <laughs> Every one of them is being recalled. And what they're telling people to do is do not drive the car. Don't drive it at all. In fact, contact Toyota and they are going to tow it to the dealership. They don't even want you to drive it to the dealer for the recall. Why? The tires might fall off of it when you're driving. Whoops! Sorry. Hey, that car, your tires might come off at any moment, they said. Yes, and this is true. So uh, they don't know if their nuts are a problem, <laughs> giggity, or if uh, they're just not tight enough or what the story is. But uh, they said, don't drive it. Contact your, de your dealer and they will arrange for it to be towed to the dealership. 
And uh, as for a loaner, no. Why? Because you're not entitled to a loaner. Isn't that great? So depending on the uh, manufacturer, you are not legally entitled to a loaner car when you are under a recall. All they have to do is fix your vehicle. Anytime you're under the factory warranty, 336 for Toyota, 560 powertrain, and that's for most owners, you don't get a loaner unless it's a higher-end vehicle. So that's why they always say dealer loaner. This car provided by, you know, Jimmy Hines Ford or whatever, because the dealer has some loaners that they provide as a courtesy. It's a dealer courtesy car, but they do not have to provide you a loaner. So that's why I always encourage people to have a good relationship with their dealer because when it comes down to it, you can get a loaner car where maybe somebody else can't. So you want to drive a thousand miles to save $200 on your car. Great. But then don't expect the dealer to do anything for you. When I had my engine replaced, I got an Explorer as a loaner and it had 700 miles on it. But I bought a lot of cars at this dealer and I'm over there all the time. Every time I'm in for an oil change, I go up and talk to the manager up front and, uh, you know, talk to the people in the shop and everything. They know me. When I walk in there, they know my name. And I think that helps when I need something like a car to drive around for a month at no charge, I get one. So that kind of stuff matters. But for this, they're telling you not to drive it. It's an electric car. Don't drive it. At least it doesn't catch on fire. But don't drive it. And they're going to tow it to the dealer. That's how serious they think it is that the tires might fall off. They're not even telling you bring it to the dealer. They're saying, wait a minute, we will tow it. We'll flat tow it right to the dealer. You know, bring, put it on a flatbed. And the other thing I want to talk about here is Vroom. All right, I'm just sick of people griping about Vroom. This is another one of those things that uh, just bothers me. People forever will, like, buy a car and then take it to a mechanic and have it inspected. Buy a used car and then they have it inspected. And like, oh, it's got 40 problems. Was it as is? Yes. Why didn't you get inspected before you bought the car? So here's Vroom. They have an F rating with the Better Business Bureau. Every state that they work in, which is most of them, they have problems. Several states have sued them and fined them. There are thousands of people waiting for titles, can't drive their cars, can't get a dealer plate on it. Vroom doesn't respond to them. Okay, just go on YouTube or really anywhere. Look, look up Vroom reviews. Uh, go every video, right? Just tons of problems. Tons of problems. And still... People buy cars, and then they post another video. Oh, I bought this car, and then I had to wait because, uh, what does this woman would say? I love it because she contacted some news organization, and they made a video about it. Oh, and my husband just loves this car, and he can't drive it. Well, why didn't he just go down to a dealer and buy the car, you know, rather than dealing with Vroom? In two seconds of reviews, it's kind of like going to work for, you know, a no-name company, let's not use their name we'll call them blestern express okay and then you go work there and then you find out what a piece of garbage the place is and a terrible place to work and so and then you're like oh i had no idea well why not why didn't you do any kind of checking up at all and it's the same with vroom which is an online car buying which is nowhere what you should be doing on such an expensive purchase is buying it sight unseen you and the woman was saying, well, you know, they didn't do a, a very good check over of the car. It had a cracked windshield. Why didn't you give the car back on the spot? OK, as soon as you see that, you know, they didn't look it over. So you should have given it back right then because you don't have to accept the car. But either way, look, you could have done done that in your inspection, which is what I tell everyone to do. That's buying a used car. It needs to go for a 100 mile test drive. Seriously. Okay, and it needs to go to a mechanic of your choice that you pay from your own pocket. It'll cost you seventy-five to one hundred dollars. Where it gets put on a lift, all the codes are read. It gets a full inspection with a written report on all the problems that it has, and then you go back to the dealer and talk about what you're going to pay and all that kind of stuff on whether you're going to buy it, everything. Now, had she done this at a dealership with that car? It would have been a different story. It wouldn't be sitting in their driveway for four months because you wouldn't have bought it, probably, unless they fixed all those things. See, when you go back to the dealer, then you say, you're going to fix this, you're going to fix this, you're going to fix that, all these things. This is what you're going to fix, or I'm not going to buy the car. 
So then they can either fix it or arrange to get it fixed. All right, we'll fix it and make them put that in writing. And then you get those things fixed. That's exactly what I do with the Sonic. When I got that Sonic, it was used. One year old, still used. Test drove it, mechanic. Okay, needed front brakes, which I actually knew two seconds into the test drive. This is why I'm telling you from working at several dealerships as a salesman and from buying many cars, many cars, they do not do an inspection of the car. All right. Best case, they wash it. Some might get inspected. Like this Sonic was a certified car. Right? So, And I knew hitting the brakes the first time right there in the lot going on my test drive that it needed brakes. Immediately, I pulled right back up there and go, this thing, write this down already, already needs brakes. Oh, well, we didn't inspect I go, you didn't do crap to it. All right. Obviously, these brakes are already shot. We're going to already hear them grinding right here. So that's going to be number one. It also needed a gear shift lever. Uh, the lever, putting it in drive and that, that lever was all broken, all cracked into like, I don't know what somebody did with it. I don't know how that happens. But uh, that was all broken and the button was all broken. You had to like press it, barely press it in. I go, that's got to be fixed. So, but it, we did our test drive, you know, and uh, took it to a shop. Everything else was fine. It ran fine. But uh, those kind of things need to be fixed. And so they had to write that down for me in writing like they couldn't get it he goes well we can't get it in right now i go well fine but this needs to be done so i want that in writing in advance that you're going to fix these i want rotors and pads put on the front of this car and this lever you got to order me another lever and fix it <laughs> right and so i got that in writing as a wheel which is what all the dealers call it at least everyone i've worked for they write it up and give you a wheel we owe you these things and then they, the next, uh, what, like three days later, I got it in for the, they redid the brakes. It still has those brakes on it today, by the way, eight years later. And uh, another week or so before the part came in for the gear shift lever. But I got all that done. But um, I got that done, you know, all that arranged in advance. And because you, once you, until you give them money, you have a lot of power. See, on Vroom and all these other car places, you look at the car, you put a deposit down, and then you have to arrange either financing or paying for the car before they will before they will deliver it to your house. That's all going to be done. So all the money then is on their side. All right. So they have much less incentive to work with you to fix problems. All right. Because whoever has the money has the power, you know, especially in a sales Thing. That salesman, until I signed there, the salesman at the dealership, he didn't get anything. He gets Zippo, right? He gets Bupkis, as uh, they call it. So, oh, so I have all the power. I'm like, I'm not, we're not agreeing to anything until we agree to this. This is first. Then we'll talk about everything else. But this is first. You know, two keys also. Never buy a car from a dealer without two keys, period. Oh, Mark, the dealer says they only have one key. Okay, tell him to go make you another key. Right. And well, Mark, the dealer says I can go make a key. You could, or he can go make you a key. Okay. And if it does not the manufacturer, like you're at a Ford dealer buying a Chevy or something. Okay. Tell him to bebop down to Chevy there and get you a key. No problem. Simple. It's not easy because until you sign, I bet they'll be very interested in getting you a key. Right. Where they normally wouldn't maybe do that. It's like for a room, they send you one key. What are you going to do? Make us a key. No. And they got all your money. Like these people that are complaining. You have to arrange the financing and all that. And they get paid first. And then a couple weeks later, up to as much as a couple months, depends. They bring you your car. And so they, but they have all the money. So you don't have any more power with them. You have no more power. At a dealership, you control the sale until you sign the paperwork. That encourages them to do a lot more for you than they otherwise would do. Plus, you don't get a chance. You only get a few minutes with Vroom and Carvana. I think Carvana's 15-minute test drive or whatever. They want you back to get the heck out of there. So that's not satisfactory, I don't think. When you haven't signed the paperwork, you get to test drive the car as long as you want. And I was telling them, like, I made them put gas in the Sonic. It didn't have any gas in it. It was, like, we're super low. I'm like, we're just going to need some gas. Where are you going? I go, I don't know. Maybe Indianapolis. I said, I might go all over the place with it. We're going to find out. I go, does it not run good? Can I, won't it make it? Well, you know, it's good. Of course, it's going to make it. Oh, all right, then. I guess we can get some gas then. You know, that's the thing. Because it's still their car, so they got to put gas in it. But the, the uh, arranging the mechanic, that's on you. You pay for that. And that's money well spent. Money well spent. And what you can do in advance, which I didn't do with that one, but should is say, look, if I buy this car, uh, how about we split the mechanic cost? 
or whatever, uh, you know, or whatever. Just arrange all that from up front. But you have a lot of power when you have all the money on your side and they want your money. A salesman, not especially now, but normally they're really hungry and so they want to sell a car. So they're like, you know, let's let me talk. Let me get this stuff, kind of stuff done. Always do that kind of stuff, but don't give any money until you've done all that with a car. Never buy a car sight unseen and don't go gripe about it later. I had no idea about Vroom. Why? Why not? Do you not have the internet? Do you live in a cave? Do you live in a uh, just a shack in the woods and send you know packages to your brother in California? What are you doing? Why wouldn't you look that kind of stuff up? Look the dealer up. I think the dealer here, 4.7, my Ford dealer here out of five. They have an excellent rating, and they do a very good job there. But Vroom, this kind of new kind of uh, where you pay first and get the car later? No. No, I don't think so. Not for me. I won't be doing that ever. People say, well, you save all the time. This woman this woman on the news has been dealing with Vroom for four months. <laughs> all right. And she doesn't even have a title to the car they can't drive the car because they're not allowed legally where she is to get another template for it so the car is sitting in their driveway and she's still dealing with them four months later do you think she saved any time from going to a dealership and spending a few hours at the dealership that day or maybe half a day at the dealership do you think she saved time and really you keep a car for a while so you spend a half a day you know wheeling and dealing on a car that you're going to keep for four six eight years is that is that like a lot of time out of your life for such a big purchase? I don't think so. I don't think it is. And you're way better off seeing it up front and stuff than any of these kind of vroom places. Now that all of that is out of our system, we go to Delaware, home of our president, who is a truck driver, as we all know, but not a good bike rider, as we all found out. I guess that happens when you're nearly 3,000 years old. Anyways, we go to Delaware where there's a dude living in a cinder block basement, which was once probably the home of the president, but unknown as to that. There's no plaque or anything. Anyway, this one has a window, but it's made out of glass blocks. So you only get a little light, but can't really see anything clearly. And that's the problem is people can't see clearly. And this is why we don't live on Mars. So he's sitting there with his card table set up. And Sally Jesse Raphael does her sign off with her glasses. And he's like, man, you know what? He's checking his bank account because he's got Internet access, probably has a girlfriend paying for it for him. An idiot. Anyways, he checks his bank and there's just no money. He's like, man, I can't do nothing. I ain't got no monies. All right. But he is not an idiot. Sure. He's 49 years old, living in a cinder block basement with no job. But hey. He's got plans. So what are his plans? Well, <laughs> what do they say about why do people rob banks? Because that's where the money is. So he goes down to Wells Fargo and he hands the teller a note that there's a robbery taking place. That's what the, that's what it said. And I'm like, what kind of note is that? You know, so does that mean that there's a robbery and I should be careful or whatever? But I guess it means I'm robbing you is the kind of thing. I don't know why people write notes out. Why don't you just tell her to give you the money? Anyways, she does give the money, which is policy at the bank to just give money so that you don't get shot or whatever. And uh, so he takes the money, an undisclosed amount. It usually isn't much, by the way. It's a few thousand bucks, uh, whatever they have in their drawer there. I went to get a few rolls of uh, Susan B. Anthony dollars one Christmas, and they had to go to the vault to get that. I'm like, uh, oh, we don't carry that kind of money up here. I'm like, what, $200? Okay, so anyways, <laughs> anyhow, back to my story that I've de deviated from it because I can hear the cat crunching her food over there. Gracie, you're crunchy, crunchy. He takes the money, and you know, what would you do if you just robbed a bank? Let's think about that. What would, you, would you leave the bank and go blasting down the street and get the heck out of there? Yeah, but not this guy because he's smarter than you and me. He's smarter than us. Because what I didn't tell you earlier that we know is that he has an account at that bank. He's a well, he's not just a robber. He's a Wells Fargo customer. Right. Now, as soon as you tell the teller that you're robbing them, they press a button. One of them presses a button. It's on the floor. There's a button around that alerts the police and they come right away with lots of policemen because they don't like being robbed. So 
Meanwhile, while she's giving him the money, the police are on the way. But he's got an idea. You see, he's not going to get caught with the money. Yes. So he goes right outside the bank to the ATM and deposits the money in his account. He's hitting the beep, boop, beep, boop, hitting the buttons, beep, boop, boop, input this. What's your language? Espanol, el francés, inglés, say right. The stupidest thing, right? And plus, by the way, the one you drive up to has Braille on it, which I love. Okay, I'm like, the Braille people are not driving. So, uh, <laughs> right? So, um, anyhow, anyways, he's depositing money when the police come. And it turns out the teller's like pointing, like they're pointing at him. It's him. They arrest him immediately. He's immediately arrested, taken to jail. All right. I just can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Look, bank robbery. It's a big felony in the United States. It's a pro it's a problem. It's one of the most, um, uh, crimes where you are busted. They have a super high rate of finding the people probably because half more idiots, but because they don't like that. It's higher than the murder completion rate where they figure out who murdered somebody. So they take him right from the ATM. I assume they pulled this money back out of his account or whatever. Ironically, it's back in the bank. You know, he should have just had it, handed her the note and a deposit slip. Just take this money out of your drawer and deposit it in my account. I mean, that would have been just as good, I think. Either way, uh, he deposits the money. And while he's depositing it, the cops come and arrest him. And that's it. And he goes to jail where he's going to sit because it's a felony and you get some time for that. They don't let you walk on that usually. And he'll go to some federal, maybe Terre Haute, right? Federal prison down there. Beautiful. I just love it. I mean, he could have bought himself. He could have upgraded from that eight inch black and white TV to some color TV. He could have gone up to that. But no, but no, he's got to stick around. Look, can you just go to some other Wells Fargo ATM? Do you have to use that one? Can you go to one on the other side of town or something? You got to use the one right outside the stupid bank that you just robbed. I mean, this is the problem. Not uh, people like this. Look, people like this should be sterilized besides uh, besides everything else. Do you want this guy reproducing and having kids? I don't think so. All right. But uh, regardless of that, he's in jail right now where uh, uh, no matter what people say, two men can't uh, procreate and they can procreate, but they're not going to have children anyway. Anyways. On that soap on a rope note, uh, we're going to head out. Be sure to check out the um, YouTube channel, of course, and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. Tell all your friends. It helps the podcast to get out there for other people, all right? And we'll be back soon with another one. Thanks for listening.